If you think you know about mental illness, think again. This is We Are Hope, the radio program with host and co-founder Sean Perry. Mental illness has reached an all-time high in this country and beyond. We're here to break the stigma through change, discussion, and support. Now, here is your host, Sean Perry. Hello and welcome to We Are Hope Breaking the Stigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from Space on Main in Bradford, Vermont on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. We Are Hope is a nonprofit organization that brings anxiety, education, coaching, trauma-informed interactive services, suicide prevention, collaborative problem solving, and emotional CPR to individuals and schools that are struggling to find affordable support options. We partner with school districts anywhere in the country to support students that are struggling. We support them in a way that has never been done before in a school setting. We bring services directly to the child in a one-on-one setting five days a week. This allows for a level of consistency that is unmatched in our public schools. If you know of a school or a child that can utilize our services, please send me an email at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also contact me via phone at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. If you would like to book me to come speak in your school or community on how best to support anxieties that our children are struggling with, please email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. Now, last week I spoke briefly about a service that we have, and I wanted to just bring that up again. We Are Hope offers telecoaching, um, a telecoaching platform. Our telecoaching model not only supports people all over the world, but it's financially feasible to just about anybody. Starting at $17.50 per session, we believe that this price point most people are able to afford. This allows for you or someone you know to get support on your own terms anytime, anywhere. If you'd like to know more about this, please give me a call at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. Now that that's all out of the way, let's jump right into today's show. And I have to say that I have two amazing, hardworking women that are transforming the behavioral health care system in New Hampshire. It is my pleasure to welcome Deli Champagne and Rebecca Whitley. How are you both? Great. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you Great. guys for being Thank you so much. Yes, thank you guys for, for, for joining me. Um, you know, I am a big, big fan of the work that you guys are doing in the state of New Hampshire. And I think that the biggest reason that I am such a fan of all of your hard work is because when we created We Are Hope, our plan was to support every child in the state of New Hampshire. And that is your mission as well. Indeed it is. Uh, it's no small task, but I feel like there's great momentum, Sean, uh, to do this work. Um, we do a lot of our work at, at the legislative level, and right. everything that we have proposed this year has gotten great bipartisan support, so that's really encouraging. Yes, definitely. So, Deli, um, can you just let the audience know who you are, what you're about, and, and how you came to this work? Sure. Um, so... I started at the Children's Behavioral Health Collaborative about a year and a half ago, and my degree is in education, but unfortunately, when my uh, son was born, uh, he was diagnosed with a serious mental illness, 
So I was unable to work for a number of years. Mm. Um, I actually haven't been in the classroom for 20-something years, um, but all of the struggles that we had to go through to get services for him over the last 20 years um, were very, very challenging, very heartbreaking. And I just don't ever want to see another family have to to go through what we had to do. So I decided I needed to work to change the system. I I didn't just want to nag about it. I wanted to get my hands dirty and get it done. So that's what brought me to the work. So so you saw the system and its its flaws firsthand as as a parent. Oh, unfortunately, I saw a very broken, dilapidated system that needed some serious attention. Yes. Right, yeah. right. We've, we've so, neglected children in the state for a number of years when it comes to behavioral health. What's happening now is very exciting. Well, so, you know, um, I want to get to Rebecca really quickly also, but to that point, um, I think it's also important to mention that it's not just this state. It's this country. Yes, unfortunately, you're right. <laughs> Sad to say, yes. So um, we've never prioritized mental health like we do, um, you know, a broken arm or you know, a heart attack. It just doesn't get the same type of attention. Well, we're on the right track now, Rebecca. Why don't you tell us uh, about yourself as well? All right, great. Thanks for having us again. So no, I definitely. came to this this work a little differently. So. Um, I, um, after I graduated from law school, I went to law school, Vermont uh, law school. My first job was as a staff attorney for the disability rights center in New Hampshire and working there, I represented, um, adults with disabilities, but also many, many children and families trying to navigate a very complex service delivery system that New Hampshire has set up to serve families. And, um, you know, I just got to see sort of firsthand that, you know, we have well-meaning systems set up to support families. I mean, certainly we don't have enough, but right. um, they're complicated. And so, um, you know, I really got to see that firsthand. And, you know, even after going to law school and being sort of outside, I, I just saw that it was just overwhelming. And so um, after working there for many years, I took some time to be home with my son and got to do some great work um, doing some um, organizing with families around child health and climate issues, and right. then was really pulled back to this work, um, to the collaborative, because of the approach of system reform. The Children's right. Behavioral Health Collaborative comes at this work from both a collaborative approach, but also um, to make real you know, transformational system change uh, with children and families at the focus. You know, right. when you spoke earlier and when, when Dali mentioned, too, we just really haven't made, you know, mental illness a priority in our state and our country, but also children. You know, children um, often, you even hear sort of with the presidential primaries, you know, children are just not at the top of mind. You know, we all I, have children. I could, I could not agree. I could yeah, not agree so more. I could not agree more. We just, and, and, we don't you know, it's interesting. It. It's interesting. That's what brought, you know, again, you know, uh, we are hope, you know, that's what brought us to our work as well was that, you know, um, there's a, there's a big, uh, a big thick line out there between the have and the have nots. And, you know, Mm -hmm. 
our, our children are, are, are suffering generationally year you know, a generation after generation because of this. And, you know, you guys are, you guys are taking it from a legislative uh, approach, um, which I think is fantastic, but we created, we are hoping in the same, in the same vein of, look, there needs to be a system that's put in place. And we believe that our system being put in place into every single school throughout the state will help, will help as the boots on the ground as opposed to mm-hmm. waiting for someone to make a change, right? So I don't want to have to wait for somebody to vote on the fact of whether or not a child needs services because we all know that they need the services. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the New Hampshire Behavioral uh, Health Collaborative. And do you guys know the history, how it started? Um, and then talk about a lot about what it actually does and who it serves. You want me to tackle yeah, that so, one, Becky? <laughs> okay, sure. You got it. Well, all right. I'll just I'll, I'll give you a little bit of the um, history. Um, in 2008, the state put together a beautiful 10-year mental health plan. It, it really you can Google it. It's a wonderful plan, but unfortunately, it left out children. Mm. The plan was for 18 and older. So in okay. 2010, some organizations got together and said, we really need to serve children since they've been neglected in the plan. So out of that meeting grew the collaborative, and okay. there were initially about 60 organizations that made up the collaborative. In 2013, they came up with a really great strategic plan, and that has been driving the work and moving us forward. Um, we have five different work groups um, that continue to work. We have a policy work group, communications work group. Um, you know, those are two of the big ones that continue to move the work forward. Um, okay. But Becky came on about two years ago. I came on about a year and a half ago. And we have hit the ground running since we got here. I'll let her um, chime in now. Um, she can tell you, some, you know, a little bit about um, some of the work we've been doing. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, so... so um, it was the collaborative was really a sort of private partner, private public partnership. It was mm-hmm. sort of a way to get everyone on the same page to move in the same direction for system transformation. So it was a way to um, you know sort of choose a direction and then everyone sort of row in that direction. And okay. you know that the fundamental belief was that you know social emotional well being is absolutely fundamental to overall health. And we know it's absolutely a contributor to how successful children do in school and, you know, bringing them to adulthood and sort of that fundamental notion that, you know, as we talked about before, our children are, you know, the future of our state. Um, And if we don't invest in them and their social and emotional well-being, we're doing a real disservice to our state's future. So really the work agree. now has yeah. progressed over 10 years, and, you know, the focus of our work, me and Delhi, is really policy-oriented. You know, many of the, the foundational work that the collaborative has done over the past 10 years is to build um, capacity within state government to get this system um, better serving for children, and now, you know, we're able to let state government do what they need to do, and, um, you know, Delhi and I do a lot of work, you know, mobilizing families and um getting children's voices to the state house because, right. you know, it's our state house and we need to make sure children's families have a voice. That's awesome. That's, that, that, that's just absolutely amazing. And I think, you know, it, it, what you guys do ties in exactly to, again, what we are hope does, you know, and, and, and being able to go, 
um, supporting kids directly in the school and making sure that they have the support so that they're not left behind because these children are our future. And if we don't support them, then our future is looking very bleak, you know? Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. And and so, listen, guys, we've got to go to commercial break. Um, if you or someone you know is struggling, remember there is hope anytime, anywhere through We Are Hope's telecoaching platform. Please feel free to give me a call today at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also send me an email directly at radio at wearehope.org. When we return, we will be discussing transforming children's behavioral health care and how families and schools can help. Don't forget to check us out at www.wearehope.org. Again, that's www.wearehope.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. If you would like to contact the New Hampshire Children's Behavioral Collaborative, you can find them online at www.nh4youth.org. Again, that's www.nh4youth.org. You can also follow them on Facebook at NHCBH. Again, that's NHCBH. And on Twitter at NH4youth. We'll be back in a moment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to We Are Hope. If you're interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. 
Welcome back. You are listening to We Are Hope, Breaking the Sigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from Space on Main in Bradford, Vermont on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Back with me, I have Deli Champagne and Rebecca Whitley. Joining me from the New Hampshire Behavioral Collaborative. Um, how you guys doing? Everybody doing okay? Doing fine. Great. Thanks, Sean. All right. You got it. So what I'd like to talk about now is as I was going through um, the organization and a lot of what you guys are working on, you are actually working on the, the uh, transforming children's behavioral health care. So one of the key one of the key points was protecting and promoting children's behavioral health care or health is a fundamental investment in a child's future. Now, that is a to me, that is a a super powerful statement. And um, Becky, why don't you tell us what that means to you? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know. The, what we're trying to do is make sure that the systems that we have set up to serve children and families actually works for them. We want to make sure that, you know, the system doesn't further traumatize children and families and that, you know, kids are getting the right service at right. the right location at the right time. And, mm-hmm. um, it's just, and, and the sort of framework that we work on is the creation of a system of care. And what that really means in real terms is that, you know, our systems are coordinated, that our services are community-based, and Mm. that we have, you know, the correct array of individualized services to to help children and families, that they can stay at home in their schools, um, in their community, and um, help them get ready for a healthy future. So it's a real, you know, we really stay grounded in um, the values um, of the system of care, and that drives everything that we do uh, to better help um, the state really support children and families. Awesome. Thank you so much for that answer. You know, it's interesting you said, you know, making sure that all this, all the systems are, 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 are properly put in place so that children can stay um, and that we have uh, the supports that are actually needed. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. How does an organization like We Are Hope fit into that mold? Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. You, you, I mean, because you guys go to where kiddos are in the schools, that's an integral piece of the whole system, right? We don't want to be pulling children out of school, out of their homes, out of their communities. We need to go to where they are. And so certainly that's such a big part of the system. Right. So Delhi, one in five preschoolers through teens have emotional disorders. Talk to me about mm-hmm. that because that's a, that's a powerful, powerful number. Yeah. Well, we like to think of um, different ways that children come about their mental illness. Um, Some children are born with a mental illness. For example, my son has schizoaffective disorder, and he was diagnosed with that at a very early age, and and the doctors believe it was genetic. Uh, Another way is through trauma. Many children experience trauma and live with toxic stress. And when that's not addressed properly, a mental illness will result. And and a third that we've started talking about lately is this stress that kids experience in school. 83% of kids say 
they think they developed their mental illness because of something going on in school, either the stress right. of having to get good grades or applying to a good college or the social media right. stuff that's going on in schools. So kids come about their mental illness in different ways, and the trick is... Um, can we build a system that's going to serve those um, unique needs of the children? And we think we can. Well, and I think it's about really what I think it's about is, is teaching these kids in school the skills needed to learn how to work through and manage their current anxieties. So when those anxieties go un, uh, un, go untreated, we see those things start to, to, to spike and to, to spiral down the road. So, for instance, yeah, we, if you... Go ahead. No, go ahead. So, for We'd instance, like if you've got it. I think that kids need to have resiliency skills. Correct. And yeah. we are really taking a good look at that in the state. It's exciting. Um, UNH just hired a new professor who's going to mm-hmm. start in September, and her primary responsibility is going to be traveling around the state to build resiliency programs in schools and in communities because we do understand the power of giving children the tools they need to manage their their illness or their challenges. That's interesting. I'd love to sit down and talk with her because we are hoping to absolutely love to be part of that project because that's actually what we're currently doing now, you know, um, is really really teaching these skills. Yep. Yeah. I will definitely connect you with her. I will do uh, that as soon as we get off the phone. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so um, I've got a next question for, for, for both of you, and I'm going to break it down into two. So how do we as a community help from a family standpoint and from a school standpoint? So, uh, Becky, why don't you take the school standpoint and then, uh, Deli, you take the family standpoint? So as a community, how do we help the schools and how do we help the families? Yeah, I mean, I think a big piece of that, particularly, so, you know, we're, we're in New Hampshire where, there, you know, it's the state's all about local control. But what that often means is that local school districts are really just sort of overwhelmed. I mean, they want people get into education because they like children and they want to help children and prepare children right. for the future. But schools are overwhelmed and they're under-resourced. Exactly. So an important thing that we can do um, is to, you know, support teachers and give them what they need to help children. And I think a piece of that is talking about for children to be available to learn, they have to be healthy. And that, right. you know, that's sort of across the board. And it, it includes their social and emotional well-being. And, you know, it's just something that we can't ignore. And if we do, we're not setting our children up for success. And so I think education is a big piece of that and really, you know, thinking through, um, ways to support teachers um, and um, administrators at our local school districts. So, so very true. And, and I have to piggyback off of that again and talk about We Are Hope because what you're talking about, again, is exactly what We Are Hope does. It's when we work within the school, we actually partner with the teachers and the administrators and give them the education and coaching support that they need to be able to work through and manage not only their anxieties, but the anxieties that they're currently facing with from their students. And so the stress and the, and the, and the, and the mental health and the mental illnesses that are happening within our classroom are truly impacting those teachers and, the, and, those, and that faculty. And so we actually train and help support them through that. And so I think you're spot on. Yeah. Okay. And Absolutely. so what's the, and so uh, Delhi, if you want to go ahead and, and talk about families. So one of the things that the system of care does is um, 
looks at the entire system and where are the gaps. We are fortunate that because of new legislation, we have created a system of care advisory committee. And part of the job of that committee is going to be to look at the gaps. What's Mm. missing for our families? So we, we can identify, Becky and I could, could, give you 10 gaps right now that we know of. So part of the work that we're going to be doing moving forward is um, letting folks know about those gaps and how are we going to fill those gaps. Like we know we don't want to hospitalize kids. We want to be able to serve kids in their communities. One of the gaps was how do you serve a child who's having, you know, a, a psychotic break or a major meltdown at school, we don't want to call the police and, and have the child taken away in handcuffs. So we said, we need mobile crisis. Let's go mm-hmm. to the child in the school. So that's right. what Senate Bill 14 does, is create mobile crisis um, response for kids. So the goal is to fill the gaps to help these families. Um, I love that, that language. Yeah, so that kids can be served, like Becky said, in the home or in school, we don't have to sit in an emergency department for hours on end and wait sometimes days, weeks, months for a bed to open up. You know, we don't need to hospitalize our kids if we have a robust community-based system. And that's right. partly what we're doing. That's what the system of care is all about. And luckily, that's... Sean, I don't know if you know this, but there's a law in New Hampshire that was passed in 2016 that mm. says we will build a robust system of care for kids. That's so fantastic. now we have to. You know, right. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I, I think you and I spoke briefly a couple weeks ago um, at an event um, and I was telling you about emotional CPR and, you know, our plan uh, from We Are Hope is to really um, lay to, to blanket the state, if you will, um, of New Hampshire and Vermont, actually, our twin states um, with emotional CPR, because what that will do is it will be that buffer between the time that a mobile crisis team will have to come and have those those adults that are going through crisis with those children, have them be able to support those children in a way that is actually supportive, if you will. And um, it levels the playing field so that everybody's on the same page and these children are getting the actual support that they need, not only from a mobile crisis team, but from everyone who's around them in that room or in that space at the time. Yeah, I think that, Sean, C- CPR is one of those great programs like um, Youth Mental Health First Aid. We have some great programs. We right. just have to institute them. You know, we have to have some mm-hmm. funding to be able to allow schools to use these. So there are some great programs out there. That's what's so encouraging. We yeah. just have to get them in place. Well, that's my that, that's my plan. That's what I'm working on. James and myself are, you know, every school that we talk to, and, and, and I, I actually head out next week to finish up my internship for emotional CPR, and then I'll be um, trained to be, a, to be a trainer um, anywhere in the world to be able to train emotional CPR. So I want to, along with Dr. Fisher and Oryx Cohen, bring this to the state of New Hampshire statewide. That is great news, Sean. Fantastic. Yeah. Really, really excited about it. Um, so it is time for another commercial break. Um, if you or someone you know is currently struggling, remember that there is hope anytime and anywhere through our telecoaching platform. Please feel free to give me a call at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also send me an email directly at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. When we return, we will be discussing... Um, 
building a system of support through collaboration and the five strategies and, and uh, five strategies and Senate Bill 14. Don't forget to check us out at www.wearehope.org. You can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. If you would like to contact New Hampshire Children's Behavioral Collaborative, you can find them online at www.nh4youth.org. Again, that's www.nh4youth.org. You can also follow them on Facebook at NHCBHC. Again, that's NHCBHC. And on Twitter at NH4Youth. We'll be back in a minute. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to We Are Hope. If you're interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. You are listening to We Are Hope Breaking the Stigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from Space on Maine in Bradford, Vermont on Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. If you like if you would like to contact me directly, you can email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Bank. Welcome back, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me so far the show. Um, I want to welcome back Deli Champagne and Rebecca Whitley. We are going to jump into Senate Bill 14, and I'm going to turn part of this over to Rebecca and then part of this over to Delhi. So, Rebecca, let's start with you. Um, let's talk about what this Senate bill is and who it supports. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're so excited about all the work um, with our partners, stakeholders, legislators to get this bill passed. So, as Billy mentioned, um, a few years ago, the state did pass a law saying that New Hampshire had to build a system of care for children's behavioral health. And this was another major policy initiative of the Behavioral Health Collaborative. So, what Senate Bill 14 really does is um, takes that sort of small system that is building and puts a whole bunch of money behind it, um, okay. frankly, um, which I right. know is really important. But in addition to money, it really um, has some very smart system solutions in terms of access to services and access to the system. So right. unfortunately, as we said before, because of funding streams, because of, you know, how government is set up, you know, we have a complex web of programs and services and families really face complex um, and stressful circumstances that lead them to the system. And we just don't right. want the system to be further traumatizing. So SB 14 really, Senate Bill 14 really looks to improve access to the system. You know, you okay. make one call and you get what you need. Um, right. And then it also expands the array of services within the system. You know, most importantly, as Deli mentioned, now with the funding and policy language behind Senate Bill 14, we will soon have statewide access to mobile crisis response and stabilization services. And we okay. know from experience in other states that this is a service that children and families need and that they want um, when their children are in crisis. You know, right. um, these are our most vulnerable children and families, and we shouldn't um, you know, be putting them in the back of police cars and sending them to the ER to wait. Right. It's just unconscionable to do that. So Senate Bill right. 14 really goes a long way to, um, you know, more humanely supporting our children in crisis. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think the bill, you know, I was introduced to this bill by Delhi when her and I met um, several months ago, and I was actually just blown away by the bill and, and, and actually, you know, what the, the overall purpose is, um, you know, but I also come from uh, the standpoint, like I told Delhi then, you know, of, of pure prevention and how do we prevent these, yeah. you know, pre- prevent these things from happening in the first place. And I, I'm a firm believer yeah. of being there in preschool and in kindergarten and in first grade and supporting these kids so that they learn how to advocate for themselves. Now, granted, there's going to be some situations without a doubt that we just cannot help and cannot learn to work through and can't get through. But I think being able to put those supports in place at a much younger age, we're really going to be able to go ahead and reduce the level of crises that we're seeing in this country and in this state as a whole. So, Delhi, let me ask you this. With Senate Bill 14 uh, passed and written and all the work you guys have done, what is your personal hope around this bill? Well, my favorite part of the bill is mobile crisis, and I hope that we can pull that off statewide. That is the goal. Um, We want children up in the north to get services just as much as children in the southern part of the state. And the goal is that when you make the call, you should have someone respond to you within an hour. Um, We've heard other states that can get this done, so we're hoping that we can get that done too. Unfortunately, we don't know what that's going to look like yet. Um, That's part of the System of Care Advisory Committee. We can decide, um, do we want to attach mobile crisis to some of the adult 
the programs that are um, being mm-hmm. offered in the state, or do we want to create just one system that's run by one entity? So right. there are some big unknowns around Senate Bill 14, but we have mm-hmm. some really brilliant minds and some great ideas. So once we get the funding going, we will hit the ground running. But my favorite piece of this, there's some great parts in it, um, but my favorite piece is the mobile crisis piece. Okay. So for people that don't know about the state of New Hampshire, which I think is really important as you talk about mobile crisis, um, because we have a, an audience that, that hears us all around the world, but for people that don't understand or know about the state of New Hampshire, almost all of the population is in the south of the state. <laughs> So right, all of the big, right. all of the big cities. You've got Concord, Nashua, uh, Manchester. That's all south, and so all closer to Boston. And so as you get further up north, although there there are populated areas, there's not a lot. Yeah, and we wanted to make right. sure those folks weren't left out. We wanted to make right. sure all children were being served. So that's why we came up with a system that allows us to to get to a child within an hour. So, right. Well, I got to tell you, I, I would love to be one of these these uh, minds that you have at the seat of the table to talk about how we can support these areas in which there's no support. Um, so let me know how I can do yes. that. <laughs> yes. And, and I was going to say, too, on the prevention side, well, two things. I mean, in terms of the North Country, there's like an access problem just because of the distance, but also there's a lot of rural poverty up there. Right. And so not only are we neglecting sort of geographic communities, but, you know, those are the communities that really need the support to, um, you know, to build their future. And then in terms of prevention, I I can't even agree any more than what you said about the importance of prevention. You know, certainly like, you know, having those early childhood interventions are important, but also like, you know, getting kids before they're deep end into the system. There's a lot of prevention work Um, That's important there. And Senate Bill 14 really starts that. It looks at, you know, getting families into the system at the right time, at the right place. So we're, so we're sort of preventing those deep end and frankly, often very expensive involvement um, in the system. And also, you know, connecting the systems, you know, in New Hampshire, we have a child welfare system. So Mm -hmm. the, the, that's where we serve children, you know, who had been, um, you know, abused or neglected by their parents or, you know, had sort of run into the law early on or in juvenile right. justice. And we're just not connecting those kids, um, you know, and many of those kids, of course, uh, get into that system because of unmet behavioral health needs. And so if oh, we yeah. can help families get supports and services, then they wouldn't have to get into those other systems to access those support, those supports. So it's really like making those connections um, and those that with from a, an important prevention lens. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you in that, <laughs> in that regard, yeah. because I worked, yeah. I worked in a, at a, at a, at a house with boys uh, with significant trauma and they were some of the worst um, abuse cases you would have ever heard of in your life. Um, and they were housed like a prison in some instances yeah. um, until I got there and made some significant changes within that facility and said, look, we cannot treat these children this way. They're already going through trauma. They're already living you know, with trauma and we need to treat yeah. them as people. And we need to find ways in which we can help support them 
to never have to come back to a place like this. And that means a full wraparound service, parents, caregivers, right. you know, the, the school that they're supposed to be going back to integrate back into, you know, we've got to wrap ourselves around these kids as a whole. And, you know, I agree mm-hmm. with both of you when you talk about the, you know, the, the uh, Senate Bill 14 and it being, um, you know, really what I hear is, it, you know, trying to streamline all services so that they're all connected and we're not putting kids through one system just to put them into another system, but that we're giving them right. actually what it is that they need. And I think having, you know, as many people at the table to discuss the needs, but also those who have actually worked with and lived through some of these experiences. You know, I was just recently at the Alternatives Conference, the National Alternatives Conference in D.C., and one of the things that I learned a lot just from being there was making sure that people are at the table that have lived through these experiences because their voices are so, so very important. Yeah, we call that support in New Hampshire as part of Wraparound. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest piece, too, Sean, is making sure the actual youth and family members are at the table. Oh, without like a doubt. Say, we like to say no decisions about us without us. You know, their voice yeah. is crucial in um, creating a plan, you know, a care plan. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that um, because I, I believe that the voice of the voice of the children and families and what they need. And that's interesting because that's exactly, again, how We Are Hope started was we had polled kids that we were working with and we asked them, hey, do you think you would be in this residential treatment center if you had supports at a younger age? And almost every single child said to us, man, if, if someone was in our school and supported us, we I probably wouldn't be here. I probably wouldn't need this high level of support. And so again, to your point, making sure that the voice of the children and the families and what they need to not only prevent you know, um, them from going down the road in the future, but to prevent other children as well. I think it's going to be so important. Sean, I think it comes down to a paradigm shift, and there's really one fundamental question we need to be asking when we start working with a child. Not what happened, I mean, not what, like what's, what's, what's wrong with you, but what happened to you? What, you know, mm-hmm. what, what experience brought you to this point or to this place? We keep wanting to say, what's wrong with you? You know, why do you behave this way? Instead of getting, getting to the root of why the behavior exists. So we need uh, fundamental My favorite shift. language. My, my favorite language. language. My favorite yeah. language, Deli, is, you know, we, one of the things we teach all teachers and all parents and even the kids that we work with is we're going to stop looking at behavior and start looking at what's behind the behavior. Yeah, right, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, you know all I, behavior has meaning, so let's get oh, to the root of it. Yeah, exactly. All behavior is language. You know, I, I tell the story often, you know, I've, I tell it to, to principals and teachers that I work with. I say, look, I don't care if Johnny walks over and punches Chris in the face. You know, it does, that doesn't matter to me. And they always look at me with like I have two heads. And what do you mean it doesn't matter to you? I'm like, well, I want to know why that behavior mm-hmm. is occurring. Because until we actually deal with that and support the child and what caused them to have this behavioral outcome, we're never going to get anywhere we got to figure out what's really happening down deep. So, yeah, I agree. I really, really do. And I think, I think you, what you guys are doing is just absolutely amazing. And, and I'm, I'm happy to, to, um, to, have, to have met you guys and, and be doing the, uh, very similar work. Um, so it's time for another break. I know, uh, Rebecca, you have to go. 
And I just want to thank you um, so much for being on the show. And thank you so much for all of the amazing work that you are, are, are currently doing. I, I just, I can't thank you enough on behalf of all of the children in the state of New Hampshire and the parents. So it thank was, you so much. It was such a pleasure, Sean. And we thank you for all your incredible work. It's so exciting to meet like-minded people who are doing amazing work to support all our kiddos. So, yeah, I do have to go. I have to go pick up my own kiddo who's enjoying um, summer camp right now. So thanks for, again Alrighty. for having us. You got it. Will you take care, Rebecca? And I will see you soon at some event, I'm sure. Thanks. All right. Well, it's time for a break. If you or someone you know is currently struggling, remember there is hope anytime, anywhere through We Are Hope's telecoaching platform. Please feel free to give me a call at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also send me an email directly at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. If you would like to contact New Hampshire Children's Behavioral Collaborative, you can find them online at www nh4youth.org. Again, that's www.nh4youth.org. You can also follow them on Facebook at NHCBHC. Again, that's at NHCBHC and on Twitter at NH4youth. Again, that's Twitter at NH4youth. We'll be back in a minute. better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed if you are ready to be inspired energized and entertained you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com live every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel listen for our lifestyle show star style be the star you are with our host cynthia bryan then on sundays at 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern teens talk and the world listens on express yourself teen radio play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel listen for mindful matters love sex spirit hosted by dr dory lynn dr dory is coming back sexy savvy and with sage advice from nearly eight decades of life experience it's not retirement it's refirement it's fun it's deep listening just makes you feel good if you're looking for straight talk without all the bull in the world be sure to tune in to dr dory and mindful matters love sex spirit live every tuesday at 5 p.m eastern time 2 p.m pacific on the voice america empowerment channel make an appointment listening right now build your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to We Are Hope. If you're interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. 
Welcome back. You are listening to We Are Hope Breaking the Stigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from Space on Main in Bradford, Vermont, on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. If you would like to contact me directly, you can email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wearehope.org. Welcome back, uh, Delhi. I'd like to thank you again for for being with me on this show, and we thank Rebecca uh, Whitley for being on the show. Um, what I'd like to finish up with is we we were recently talking about Senate Bill 14 in New Hampshire and all of the amazing work that was uh, that has been done around this bill. But like anything, there's always an issue. So what problems is or what problems are the bill currently facing right now? Well, it does come with a hefty price tag. Um, it looks about um, maybe twenty million for the biennium, which is for two years to cover okay. the cost of mobile crisis and the other provisions in the bill. Um, as you probably know, currently uh, our budget did not get signed by the governor. Yes. So we are keeping our fingers crossed that Senate Bill 14 is still in the budget and that the governor will sign it um, very soon. So that's um, the piece that we're most worried about right now is mm-hmm. will we get funding for it? So our fingers okay. are crossed. So let me let me ask you this. So I got two. I guess I guess I guess I got a twofold question. So one, how do how does how did the committee come up with a number of twenty million for two years for mobile crisis? One, and two, what does happen if it's not funded? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's uh, you know we need the funds. We need the funds to support mobile crisis. So uh, we'd have to come up with some alternative ways to serve children, Um, but we have done a number of studies and reached out to a number of states and have been able to determine what we think it's going to cost us. Uh, One of the things we do know, Sean, is that um, we have had some litigation against the state. I know of one lawsuit that cost the state $7 million that was paid out Mm. to one family. Um, If we had had mobile crisis, we wouldn't have had to pay that. So we think mobile crisis is going to save the state money, and we've been able to prove that um, in our hearings with the legislators. So they understand uh, the value, that it's a really good value, it's a good return on investment. So we just have to make sure the initial funding gets put into the budget. Okay, okay. So with that said... Now, when you're talking about mobile crisis, are you do, do you guys plan to um, have mobile crisis teams as far as like in hubs throughout the state? When that's you talk about plan. being able to, yes. okay, okay, yeah. And so, with now, just so that our listeners know, what type of training would the mobile crisis teams have? So, generally, uh, a mobile crisis team has two folks. A clinician, so somebody who has a degree in, you know, serving someone, um, in, you know, in that field, or and a peer support specialist. So when okay. someone has a mental illness and they do well, we say they've gone into recovery. We don't say that people get cured from a mental illness. So peer support specialists are a big important piece of this. You mentioned mm. that earlier. Um, right. They would 
they and the clinician would both go to the home or to the school to work with the child. Uh, both are, are integral in um, helping people, um, you know, access what they need. So right. that would hopefully, be, the model would probably look something like that. That's the adult model that we use right now. So it would probably okay. look something like that. We have an organization in New Hampshire called Youth Move, and they train youth peer support specialists. Yep. So we, we would want to, you know, create that program to be more robust. Fantastic. And so I've got two questions to finish up. One, how do we do this Senate Bill 14 work nationwide? What can what can a small state like New Hampshire, how could they be the driving force to change the way in which the nation is supporting our children? Well, I think the, the climate has to be right. Um, there has to be a desire to want to address mental health needs. Um, and and the, the, for us, the legislature was ready. Both parties were ready. You know, we heard from um, legislators that said, it's time. It is time right. to address mental health in this state. So that needs to be apparent. It's not going to happen if the right people aren't, you know, excited and ready to take on the initiative. Right. So that's number one. Okay. You know, and, and number two, I really do think it needs to be bipartisan. You know, both sides yeah. need to work together. And we were lucky to have that in New Hampshire. We were really lucky. That's awesome. So, yeah. And so, you know, we follow the system of care, and I think it's a really good system, and I know many other states use system of care. So that's a good um, a good way for folks to get started. There are a certain set of principles that go along with that. And mm-hmm. if you use that as your guide, then you can build a system of care in your state. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So I ask every guest that is on the show this, this final question, if you will. Um, how is the New Hampshire Children's Behavioral Collaborative breaking the stigma through change? Um, well, one of the exciting things that we started last year was we offered a contest to all of our middle and high school students in the state, and it's called Magnify Voices, and you can check out, it has its own website, website magnifyvoices.org, and we asked kids, tell us what's going on, tell us about your mental health, tell us what's not being addressed, what do you need? And children were able to submit a two-minute video or a thousand-word essay. And the main goal of that was to destigmatize mental illness, help us get the word out about what's happening to to people and to you. Because really, we all know someone in our family or a colleague that has experienced a mental illness, and probably many of us at one point in our life have felt depression or anxiety. So. We, we are really proud of that contest. That's just one of the ways that we're trying to destigmatize. Um, awesome. but we, we, we talk about it. We, we're yeah. normalizing it as it's just an illness like all other illnesses. We right. talk about it. We talk about it probably. We're in your face. Talk about it. But um, <laughs> that's what has to happen, I think. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I want to thank Deli and Rebecca for joining me today. The work you are both doing will change the lives of so many in New Hampshire. And I hope that other states follow your lead. That said, let me know how We Are Hope can help in this mission in any way possible. If you like, uh, if you like to, if you like to contact uh, New Hampshire Children's Behavioral Health Collaborative, you can find them online at www.nh4youth.org. Again, that's www. 
nhforyouth.org. You can follow them on Facebook at NHCBHC. Again, that's Facebook at NHCBHC and Twitter at NHforyouth. Again, that's Twitter at NHforyouth. As we come to a close, I'd like you all to remember that someone you know or someone that you love or maybe even yourself is struggling in silence right now. Today is the day you no longer have to. Today is the day that you or someone you love can reach out for support. Today is that day to no longer be alone. Today is the day you get to reclaim your voice and break the chain of silence and get the support that's needed. We Are Hope is here to help. We believe in your strength even when you do not. Please give us a call or reach out to us via email at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-448-4428 or at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wearehope.inc. Until next time, remember, it's okay to not be okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Hope radio show. Please join host Sean Perry again for another edition next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week. 